Well, it's Friday, so it's been two days since the last podcast episode, and I I released the teaser trailer. Um, so I released it on Wednesday, and it was Wednesday night. I published it in my Discord, and I also decided to publish it on YouTube. And um, then I was able to kind of get some feedback on the teaser trailer from there. Uh, I spent a good part of the day on Wednesday, actually talking with my brother, who's a videographer and does um, a lot of video editing. I talked with him that morning. I'm using, I used DaVinci Resolve to edit the teaser trailer, the free version, and he gave me a lot of tips for improving my workflow. In particular, um, one where I could set in and out points on a, on a video file before dragging it onto the timeline so I could get like a small section of that video file um, rather quickly. So just little tips, little things that help me to improve the workflow. Um, and, and made it possible for me to create a teaser trailer in that amount of time. I think the teaser trailer ended up being close to a minute. I don't remember exactly how long it was. Uh, so I learned some stuff about editing. And then I posted the teaser trailer on YouTube and put it on the Steam page and uh, kind of announced the game again to my YouTube channel, essentially, and to my Discord. And uh, so Steam wishlist only update once a day. Um, I go to sleep at night and then wake up in the morning and they're updated. I don't know what time it is. You know, it's maybe sometime in the night. Um, it's later because I've checked at like 11. It hasn't been up to updated yet. I'm on mountain. Uh, let's see, am I on mountain daylight time or mountain standard time right now? I don't even remember if I'm on daylight savings or not. Um, so I, I started collecting wish lists, but it only updates during the night. So I was like, okay. Um, on Wednesday night, I was talking with my wife and I was like, you know, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, I wake up tomorrow with 10,000 wish lists, but that's never going to happen. That's not, that's just not realistic. Uh, so my goal, that was not only not realistic, it was completely out of the realm of possibility, like just insane. So I was like, okay, what's something that I think is more reasonable? And I was like, well, by Thursday morning, I want to have about 200 wish lists. And by uh, Friday morning, I'd like to have about 400 wish lists. And I think that's, you know, two in two days, getting 400 wish lists in two days is pretty good. Like that would be, um, I think that would be, I, th I felt like it was a reasonable goal, a good goal to aim for. So I'd already built, I'd already collected about 34 wish lists from friends and family at that point. I say about 34, I think it was exactly 34. And so um, on Thursday morning, it, it's funny because both um, both nights I've really had a hard time sleeping because I've been almost like, almost like ex just excited about checking the wish list the next morning, and I'm like, okay, this is this is getting bad. I need to. I know this excitement will wear off over the next week or so, as you know, 
um, my wish list just kind of slowly, gradually go up. But right now it's kind of like more, I'm kind of obsessing over it, honestly. I need to relax a little bit. Uh, but on on Thursday morning, I woke up and checked the wish list and they were at 222. So I was slightly above the goal that I'd set for Thursday morning. And then on Friday morning, so this morning, I woke up and it was on 389, I think. So not quite the 400 goal that I was shooting for. I was a little disappointed when I woke up and saw that it didn't quite uh, get to the 400. But it kind of made sense because the YouTube video um, got a lot of initial attention. And then, uh, you know, kind of the attention kind of slowed down after the initial um, release of the YouTube video. It's still um, outperforming my other videos, so it did really well, uh, the teaser trailer did on YouTube. And that segues into teaser trailer feedback. Um, and so the feedback overall was very positive. It has like a 99% like ratio on YouTube. So overall, people really uh, liked the video, were um, excited about the game went and wishlisted it. I was happy about that. However, uh, there were two main issues with the teaser trailer that I um, discovered through comments. Now, uh, the first issue was the sound. The sound in the trailer um, wasn't the greatest. The music the music was good music, but it wasn't trailer music. Um, trailer music needs to have like a buildup, like it's building up to something and building up to like this climactic moment and then it kind of uh has like a um a, a cool down or like a um i don't know how to describe it but like a uh kind of moment after the buildup where it's kind of just like relaxing um and kind of fades out it's like this build up into like a fade out and uh the music that i have doesn't do that um and the music was written by my brother. Like I said, it's good music, but you, uh, ideally you need to have music that was specifically designed for your trailer. That's the best thing to do. And then I had some issues with sound effects too. Um, first of all, the sound design in the game still needs a little bit of work. There needs to be some more variation in the sound effect that is playing. I'm varying the pitch of sound effects as they're playing, but I need to actually have multiple sound effects that I'm choosing from in order to create more variation in those. And then I had a couple clips that didn't have sound with them, but they were really good clips. So then I tried to like tried to bring the sound effects from the game into the trailer. Um, and it just it just didn't quite work out. Also all the all of the sound, the music and sound was all just a little bit too quiet. And that was kind of the nicer feedback. <laughs> We're going to get to the slightly meaner feedback, I guess. We'll call it that. Um, maybe calling it mean isn't that fair. But uh, So I had some comments that... Um, I'll read the one that was... Let's see, I'm going to read them. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Um, oh no, that one's, yeah, that's not the one. The problem, is it the one? I don't know. So yeah, there was, there was some comments that were, so one of the problems with the trailers is that it doesn't 
actually do a good job, the teaser trailer, and I didn't realize this, um, it doesn't do a good job of showing the twist of the game, right? The game is a roguelite shooter, something like Binding of Isaac, or um, it's really, it's presentation-wise, it's very similar to the Binding of Isaac, right? If you just look at the game, it looks like the Binding of Isaac. Um, I mean, it, it's obviously a, a lot more cheerful in its presentation um but like you know and it's it's uh the pixel art definitely looks different it's a different style than the binding of isaac but you know it's got the hearts it's got your attack it's got um the dungeon room that you're in it's very binding of isaac-esque right which was one of my original inspirations so that makes sense the twist from the binding of isaac is not visually but in the gameplay which is that it's a single stick auto shooter Right, so you move your character around; they automatically fire at the nearest enemy, and that is the that is the twist. That's what makes the game. I mean, that's the core aspect of the game that makes it different from the Binding of Isaac. It plays differently. That twist has forced me to design enemies differently than the Binding of Isaac designs enemies. Like, I, I it it affects the design of the rest of the game but it hasn't affected the design visually as much. And so the problem is that um, if you've played the game, you immediately understand the twist because you have that context and then the trailer works. But if you haven't ever played the game, the trailer just looks like a Binding of Isaac clone. And so that's those are the kind of maybe more harsh uh, comments that I'm getting. I got this comment that says, another Binding of Isaac clone was hoping for something more original. Um, and I got this comment that was good work, but doesn't this genre already have like a million, have like a million games like this? No offense to you, but I've tired, I'm tired of seeing Binding of Isaac clones every day. And then, um, there was another one that was probably the most aggressive of them, I would say. Uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, I can't find it. It's okay. Um, if I find it, I'll read it. But that was another issue with the trailer. People feel like it's just a clone of The Binding of Isaac. And understandably, I can understand where they're coming from. Uh, oh, here it is. Apart, apart from being a total ripoff of Binding of Isaac, how else does it stand out? And that one I didn't respond to. I responded to the other ones. Um, I just said, thanks for the feedback. Your your comment lets me know that uh, the main twist of the game that makes it different from The Binding of Isaac isn't apparent in this trailer. And I'll do a better job of that in the next trailers. Um, the one that was more aggressive, I had another person reply and their, I feel like their response was really good. It was reasonable and just said, um, you know, the, these are the differences from the Binding of Isaac. It's not a clone. And uh, just kind of explained it to them uh, in, a, in a kind way. I feel like they did a good job of, of, of being kind about it. So um, I, at first when I got these comments, I was actually just really surprised. I was like, man, what, what did I do to these people? They're, it feels like there's an aggression or, you know, behind some of these comments that is that was surprising to me, like almost shocking. I was like, wow, I have really, I have releasing this teaser trailer 
has almost like hurt them in some way, in a way that they're responding back. And, you know, the feedback, first of all, was very useful, even though I don't agree with the tone of it. It was, it was very useful feedback. It was helpful. I'm glad they posted. I'm glad they expressed what they were feeling, you know? Um, and I was thinking about, you know, more why they might have, why they might have reacted in that way. And some of it could just be that they're younger. Um, you know, I think that, uh, my channel is going to get some views from maybe people like teenagers or, uh, you know, uh, yeah, teenagers is probably the best, the best way to put it. Um, or young adults who, uh, maybe don't have as good of a sense yet of how to act online. Um, that happens. Um, the other thing that I was thinking is just that, you know, I was imagining that they might be getting defensive about this. And usually, usually if it feels like somebody's attacking you, they, they're actually kind of trying to defend themselves, uh, in some way. And, and I was like, well, how might they be defending themselves? And I was like, well, they probably love the Binding of Isaac. The Binding of Isaac is probably their favorite game in the world. <laughs> or, you know, I, I, maybe not, but like one of their favorite games in the same way that I love Spelunky. Spelunky is my favorite indie game. And, uh, you know, I have such a love for that game. They probably have a, a love for the Binding of Isaac and they might see a game like mine, where to them it looks like just a clone. Um, it looks like I'm just kind of ripping off the Binding of Isaac. They might see that as a as an attack on something that they love, and so then they get defensive about it. Um, the other the other explanation is that they have seen a lot of games that were similar to the Binding of Isaac, and they have gotten excited about them in the past, and then played them, and they just were a letdown, and so then they're they kind of feel uh, betrayed by those games and are kind of sick of seeing them. Like, stop making these games. They're never going to be as good as The Binding of Isaac. And, and so I understand that. Um, I think that those are some pretty reasonable uh, theories for why they might act that way. And I'll never know, you know, but it's good for me to think through that because, because I need to be able to see their feedback um, in a way that it, where I don't get defensive, right? I don't get defensive about what they're saying and I can accept that feedback and, and try and integrate it into um, my plans for how I'm going to work on this game. And, and I think something that also was helpful for me and not getting defensive about their comments was that the teaser trailer was something that I haven't put a lot of time into. Um, you know, I only spent about a day on it, and so finding finding issues with the teaser trailer was was good. Now, if there are fundamental issues with the game, um, you know, that's a different thing. But I feel like I feel like it's difficult to judge the game just from the teaser trailer. And so, you know, if they were if they were making comments like "This is just a Binding of Isaac clone," after having played the game then that would be concerning. Um, but they haven't played the game. And in fact, all of the people who did play the game when I did the demo, there were some that were like, you know, um, you've just there was one comment that said, you just removed the funnest part of the Binding of Isaac, which was the aiming. And so I don't like this game. And there was another comment that said, 
you removed the aiming and I didn't know until I played this game that that was something I wanted from a game like The Binding of Isaac. So the game is going to be very um, divisive in uh, the player base. Well, not the player base, but the people who are interested in it. They're going to be the people who are like, yes, I've been looking for a game that has this twist that's not like The Binding of Isaac. And they're going to be people who are like, no, I'd rather play The Binding of Isaac. Um, because I like the aiming aspect. I don't want my character to automatically fire. So my job as the marketer for this game is to uh, set up the Steam page in a way that makes it clear how the game is different from The Binding of Isaac and um, and and um, kind of so that the people who don't want, the people who like aiming who want to be able to aim are uh, know that the game doesn't have aiming and they know that they shouldn't buy the game. So in my, in my teaser trailer or in my marketing, uh, I'm going to make sure to tell them what the game isn't. I'm going to say this game um, does not include, it is not about aiming. If, if aiming is an important aspect of traditional roguelike shooters for you, if it's part of the fun for you, then this game is not for you. And I think if I include that in my marketing and very um, explicit about what the game isn't, then that will help establish it, um, differentiate it from The Binding of Isaac as well. Because it isn't The Binding of Isaac. It plays very differently. Um, And everybody who's played it understands that, but my teaser trailer did not do a good job of explaining that. And so it's understandable why um, I would get some comments like this. And there were only three out of, you know, I don't know, 30 comments or something. I I can't see how many there are here um, because I'm not on the actual page. But there are quite a few comments here. Um, The majority of people really liked it and were excited about it. So I learned that lesson. I learned it early. There's still a lot of development ahead of me. I still have a lot of work to do. And... Uh, that transitions into plans moving forward. Uh, and the plan moving forward is, let's talk about Kickstarter. So I had a short discussion with um, one of the podcast listeners actually in my Discord channel, and the discussion was around Kickstarter. They had listened to episode 28, which is where I'm talking about you know all the work going into the Kickstarter, and they were like, why do a Kickstarter and why do a Kickstarter? Like why? Um, they were like, it sounds like you only are doing the Kickstarter to try and validate the idea financially, and that you don't actually need the money. You're just trying to see if people will will be interested enough in it to buy it. And um, that was true to some extent. Um, the truth is that I do I will I do need the money. I've got enough of a launch pad to get me to the end of this year, basically. Um, but I don't have enough savings. I don't have enough income to be able to work on this game full time without uh, earning some money at some point. Um, but a Kickstarter isn't the only way for me to earn money. I could um, release maybe a small course or something to my to my students in between now and the game release in order to, in order to help fund some of the development. Um, I'm working on a pixel art course that I'm going to be releasing within the next month or so. 
And so that's going to help, but I'm going to probably need to do another course at some point. Uh, so, so to some extent, they're right. Um, I do need I do need money, but I don't need to go to Kickstarter to get money. I can get that money in other places, um, and maybe that is the right call. And in fact, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm and the more I'm learning about wish lists, for example, uh, the more I'm finding out that um, you can do a pretty good job of validating an idea financially. And by that, I mean answering the question of will people pay for this. You can do a pretty good job of that through wish lists. People who put something on their wish lists are, um, there's a certain percentage of them that are likely to pay for that. And so uh, you can you can kind of answer that question. Obviously doing a Kickstarter really answers the question, but wish lists are a good method for answering that question as well. Um, now, one of the problems with the Kickstarter that they br that they brought up in the discussion, and I agree with them, is that uh, doing a Kickstarter affects your Steam reviews because um, if you're giving out those Steam keys to your Kickstarter backers, then their reviews don't count towards the toward towards the review goals that you need to hit, and so the algorithm is going to ignore those reviews, um, and and that is damaging. So. So that's a cost of doing a Kickstarter that you have to consider. And the other thing is that even though the Kickstarters that I've done over the last, like, or the Indiegogo that I did for my book, for example, was a good experience from like a, a creative perspective, financially it wasn't a good experience. And I worry that that would be the same for something like this, that I do a Kickstarter, it would give me some money initially, but then in the long run, financially, it would actually harm harm my business because the book was actually a pretty significant, was pretty damaging to my business. Um, in the 10 years that I've been running this business, I never had a zero month. Um, like I never had a month that was negative. And then when I released my book, I had two negative months in a row because of the shipping and printing costs were so extreme. They were so much higher than I anticipated. Um, and that was my fault. Uh, that was that was on me. Um, but, uh, and, and luckily I had the financial resources to be able to do that still and deliver to my to my backers that, you know, kind of keep the promises that I made to them. Um, I had, I had the savings and I had, I'd had a better I'd done a sell on one of my courses earlier that generated some extra money and it was hard to see that money go there, you know, but that was, that was good. And that was just bad planning on my part. Um, you know, but then I, but anyways, the point is, um, financially speaking, uh, I haven't really had that many Kickstarters that were that useful financially. So I, I worry about that side of it too. And at this point, I've, I talked with my wife about it because I thought that she wanted me to do a Kickstarter and she was actually like, no, I was actually a little wary of it as well. So um, the decision right now is my gut is telling me to focus on the demo, focus on working on this game and making it the best game it can be. Um, find a way to get the money from some other place than Kickstarter. And uh, I'm not taking Kickstarter completely off the table, but 
because um, you know I I might be open to doing a Kickstarter still at some point, but I'm very but at this point I'm like I have to be convinced to do one. <laughs> My decision is no, I'm not going to do one. And then if someone were to convince me to do one, like one of the benefits of a Kickstarter is getting is it's easier to get a publisher, right? Um, because you have a Kickstarter to show them that it was successful. And so if you were if I were to decide to try and get a publisher, then I might consider Kickstarter because then the benefits start to outweigh the costs, you know. Um, but for now, the new update is no Kickstarter. I'm not gonna do a Kickstarter. Uh, I'm gonna focus on just working on the demo. And I want to release the demo in one of Steam's next fests to help build wishlists. And I'm looking ahead. It, um, I, I can't really say when they are, I don't think. Uh, but I, I, I am looking ahead at a next fest early next year. Um, you know, sometime in Q1 or Q2 of next year to do a next fest release of the demo uh, to hope to build up wishlists and then launch the game soon after that. So that's the plan. Focus on the game right now. Um, and honestly, this is what I, I feel like. I feel like it's the right thing to do, and I'm also excited about it because I have really loved working on this game. It's been so much fun, and getting the feedback from everyone has been a lot of fun. Um, and I am confident in the core of this game. I, I, I know that it's a fun game and that, um, the core of it is good, and that I can build around that core to make, you know, to to increase the playtime for that experience. Um, you know, uh, extend that fun core out from here, and and having that confidence in the core came from the prototyping that I did, and the video feedback that I got. It was it was a lot of early prototyping, and then a lot of video feedback on those prototypes. And that gave me the confidence in the core of the game. Um, it was a lot of putting it on my Steam Deck, taking it to family gatherings and watching them play it, you know. Um, and that that confidence in the core is so important because of how hard it is when you release a teaser trailer and people tell you it's a Binding of Isaac clone. <laughs> you know, that's hard. When, when, you're, when your game is criticized in some way, it can make you doubt your project. As a creator, you know, we have egos, but we're also kind of fragile, <laughs> you know, like a couple negative comments come along and it can be damaging and it can make you doubt, should I even finish this game? Should I be working on something else? And, and having that confidence in the core of your game is really important because then you know, if you don't have that confidence in the core, then maybe you should be working on something else, you know, um, but, but having it, and using a process that gets it for you really helps. It's been helpful to me. Anyway, I recorded this episode yesterday, actually, on Thursday, and then deleted it because I was feeling pretty sick yesterday, actually. Uh, and I was feeling a bit better this morning, and I, I thought that this version would be shorter, but it's been almost as long. I'm about to my 30 minutes. I think I think it was a lot of useful stuff to talk through. I think I needed to talk through this stuff. So thanks for listening. I hope you find it useful in your journey as a game developer as well. Thanks for the support of this podcast. Go wishlist Wazard on Steam, and I will see you all in the next episode.